let's talk about the new Pivot Trail 429, the latest update from the good folks in Phoenix. It's ironic, but Pivot bikes, which are designed and put together in the desert, really do well here in the Pacific Northwest. What's up with that? Does Pivot have some magic crossover wand that bridges the most vicious chunk on the planet with the gnarliest root structures in the West? How do you straddle both of those worlds? Hi, I'm Paul Andrews, and welcome to the PNWMTB podcast coming to you live on Silicon from Seattle. So I've owned three Pivots, including the original Firebird, the original Mach 429 Carbon, and the original Mach 429 Trail, which was the per precursor to this latest model. You know, what I love about Pivots are the truly exceptional fit and finish, uh, the great customer service, and the durability. I'm on a lot of bike lists and I see lots of warranty claims come through and, and Pivot has the lowest complaint factor of them all. You know you see frames arrive with chips or marred paint jobs or something isn't quite right with the cable housing or the Pivot seals give out too quick, you know, whatever. I never had to warranty anything on my Pivot bikes and all of them are still going strong the last time I checked. A side benefit of Pivot's reputation is that their bikes hold resale value really well, so if the time ever comes to move on, you know you'll get a good offer for that bike. That said, I also felt that although Pivot was early to the game with Carbon 29ers, the geometry and fit on the bike kind of lagged as trails moved from cross-country and all-mountain to more aggressive enduro and downhill builds. The Firebird and the 429C that I had, uh, the first editions, were about right for their times, but the trail I owned felt a little too upright with a steeper head angle and a slacker seat angle than I liked, and a cockpit I never quite really fit into. So I'm happy to say that with this newest upgrade, Pivot has put the trail into a more aggressive and forward-looking configuration. The head angle is 66 and a half. The seat angle is 75 and a half. Both are more aggressive than many bikes in the 120 millimeter travel range. Plus, you can slacken the head angle by half a degree with a longer fork up to 140 millimeters. Although, of course, you also slacken the seat angle when you do that. The chain stays are appropriately just under 17 inches. The wheelbase is a fairly tight 47 and a half inches. And the top tube clocks in a 23 or 25.3 inches with an 18.7 inch reach and those are both within the sweet spot for this model of bike so if you stop if you stack it up against other bikes in its class the the trail is more aggro than the evil following say or my bike the spot ride 115 uh, it has about the same numbers as the ibis ripley and um the Santa Cruz Tallboy is actually the outlier here, uh, slightly on the more aggressive side, but it's heavier bike too. And by the way, Pivot actually shaved 300 grams off this frame and reports builds in the mid-27 pound range, which is really on the light side for this style of bike. The trail also benefits from the DW Link suspension design, which in my experience really shines in this short travel space. You can hit pretty chunky gnar on the trail, and although you don't really bash over it, you'll appreciate its subtle strengths and soaking up bigger hits than you'd expect while maintaining a confident degree of control. Now the flip side is you do pay for all this quality. The, the cheapest stock build starts at around 5600 
But for the kind of quality you want, you're probably looking at seven to eight grand, and the most expensive um, gets you up in the $12,500 range. Now, even with the pandemic tax, th this is serious coin, especially for a short travel bike. By way of contrast, my current bike, uh, the Rive 115, cost me $4,000, although the price has gone up to 5K since. But Pivot, you know, it's built a loyal, almost cult-like following over the years, and apparently it can ask top dollar for its bikes and get away with it. Uh, people just love these bikes, and once you become a Pivot owner, you tend to upgrade with Pivot. One other plus in this case is the nice, really polished rollout video Pivot posted with today's announcement. It showcases mountain biking in our own Washington State's Orcas Island, so we have a bit of local pride going on here. Uh, Pivot, by the way, sells exceptionally well here in the PNW. Um, Bothell Ski and Bike is always either the top dealer in the nation or one of the leaders. And you certainly see a lot of pivots out on the trail. So what's the best application for the Pivot Trail? Uh, I think classic trail or downcountry, of course. Uh, you know, downcountry being however you want to define it or all mountain riding, um, all those are really the perfect niche, but I can see stretching the trail both ways. You know, it can do the summer all day, high country, single track epics, um, but it can also handle chunder and rowdy hard pack. Um, maybe not with the agility of enduro rig, but again, better than you'd think. I have no problems taking the trail 429 up to Tiger or Raging River. In fact, it'd be fun to test just how much you could hammer on, say, EBAD or physical therapy, one of those trails. As far as Grand Ridge or Alali or Tokol or Bidos or other trails along those lines go, hey, the, the pivot seems to me to be an ideal fit with the Trail 429. This is a bike with a lot of versatility, and it just begs you to push it to its limits. So that's it for my first impressions. I uh, hope this helps. and. Let me know what you think when you're done clicking on your keyboard. I'll see you out on the trail.